Hello and welcome to Everyday People where people balance work and life every day. My name is Webhav. Thank you so much for listening. This past week I wrote a short blog about my decision to stop trying to read for pleasure. I am gaming instead and I discuss why they are comparable hobbies in a blog post that is linked down below in the body of this podcast. What do I mean by the body? If you don't see the body of this podcast, you're probably listening somewhere else like Spotify or Apple or whatever. Thank you so much for listening, but come over to Substack which is where I'm primarily publishing each Substack podcast. comes with an accompanying blog where i write down highlights from the show the written version of letters to myself and so on and so forth if you've come via link you're probably on the substack thank you so much for being here please do subscribe share the podcast with your friends because i'm making it every week this is everyday people uh, which is a work life balance podcast it's something that i've been doing for a long time and i love doing it i've also been making my weekly to do list and i while i'm not going to discuss it in detail during the podcast you can see it below I'm just trying to track the work life balance that I myself am able to maintain and have that as a data point for people who are in. But we'll jump to our interview now. Our guest this week is very special just like every week. His name is Saurav Das. He is a fashion designer, a textile designer and a revivalist as he himself. He likes to look into extinct or out of trend uh, fashion styles that he wants to revive and bring back and we talked a little bit about that we talked about his work experience his entrepreneurial efforts with labels all of that and much more i hope you enjoy this episode and i will see you immediately after this is everyday people 119 sort of that and we are recording So Saurav Das welcome to the show thank you so much for making the time for me my first question always to my guest is who are you what do you do and what is your current side project thank you so much bever first of all thanks for having me on your show and uh, it's always been pleasure to be have like interacted with like minded people artists so what i do for living is i'm a textile designer mm-hmm. i call myself as a designer from revivalist because my forte and my mode of work is majorly research oriented so whatever i design i create has to go through a lot of you know research mm-hmm. studying it in in depth and then going further and you know dig it out uh, in the grassroots well like uh, with the term grassroots i mean you know i do go to the clusters i interact with the weavers master weavers because that is my domain of work because me being a textile designer for me it's very much understand uh, very much like you know needed to understand the nuances of a particular technique so mm-hmm. i go to the grassroots i interact with them you know if something which is very bygone and nobody is practicing in today's time those are the kind of techniques which kind of entices me the most because you know i'm, I'm more of a revivalist like whatever is not been in practice must have got endangered or you know extinct like uh, years back mm-hmm. so i try to you know find out potential people to sort of who are who are quite equipped or skilled to say maybe understand my idea to revive it so that's how i i pr- like proceed that's how i work so this is something which i do for living i have a humble brand of mine which is called label saurav das mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah online platform through which i sell my products i do creative shoots i do pop ups i do like you know collaborations with other artistic brands for into clothing jewelry jewelry making and so on and so forth 
I mean, there is so much that I would love to do later as well. But mm-hmm. it's just the inception of the process. And then outside of work, uh, anything that has caught your interest recently as far as like side projects or hobbies or something like that? <laughs> Certainly. So beside my uh, designing, <laughs> beside, beside this work, I was always been passionate towards any sort of, you know, classical or traditional art forms. So I was born and brought up, I hail from Assam. I was born and brought up in a family of artists. So, you know, I was always been sensitive and, you know, got introduced to various art forms since my tender age, I would say. My grandfather used to sing Hindustani classical vocal. Mm-hmm. My uh, So his sisters, like, you know, my father's aunts. So they were also into musical, uh, like, you know, art forms. Somebody used to dance, somebody was into theater. So me being a Bengali, you know, we have this, uh, we have our roots which is very much familiar with the tradition of Shantiniketan. So, you know, I've seen in my past generation, many people who have gone to Shantiniketan excelled in, you know, some sort of practice like performing arts. So, yeah, it was been introduced to me like since my uh, childhood. So I've seen my uncle, my father playing, you know, sitar and tabla. So this was very much there at house and... You know, I, I also have developed an interest for classical music and mm-hmm. I started like going for my music classes, like vocal classes. So I did my Hindustani classical music for almost 17 years when wow. I was even schooling. Yeah, that was the time I was simultaneously doing this, like going for musical classes. Also had a brief introduction to Odyssey. I am also a dance practitioner. I love dance and music and designing. Then also I had a diploma in fine arts. So, you know, it was an amalgamation of all sorts of maybe art mediums, which were uh, possibly like, you know, available at that point of time. So I always have thought of, you know, sort of bridging every art form that the soul it carries in itself. And, you know, to come up with a sense of aesthetics or, you know, kind of, getting sensitized to every medium and kind of creating something which is me, which is mine, you know. So now I learned Drupad as well. So after completing Hindustani vocal, I'm still continuing learning Drupad, which Mm. is a very precise, very meditative style of, you know, vocal tradition in the, from the Hindustani, uh, like, you know, yeah, from the Hindustani tradition. So I'm learning the Dagarwaniya, that's all. So a bit of dance, bit of music, bit of uh, art. Sounds like a very classical uh, Bengali upbringing. I myself am from Kolkata. (laughs) From Kolkata. But but I'm I'm familiar with, uh, uh, you know, Bengali culture, at least to an extent. And the appreciation for the arts, obviously, is something that Bengalis are known for. So I can see that it's there very much in Uh your lifestyle as well. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, and I am a professional. Maybe that's the reason. Tell me, tell me. Sorry to interrupt. I was saying that I'm a professional writer myself. So uh, it's there. Like, even though I'm, I'm a Marwadi and we didn't have as much of an appreciation for art, at least it's a, an artistic career that I have. You mentioned you're a textile designer. How long have you been in that industry? If you say, like, me practicing this, like, you know, so it's been almost eight years. So mm-hmm. earlier, uh, like, after my college, after my post-graduation, I started working with Gorang who is also a very affluent textile designer of this country. Uh, I worked with him for a couple of years. Then I 
I got a chance to work with Mr. Sabdesachi Mukherjee Ooh, in wow. Kolkata. <laughs> so yeah, I was assisting him. I was a design associate at Sabdesachi for a few years. And then after working for, you know, this renowned brands, like fashion brands of this country, I thought of, you know, sort of chasing my idea of designing in my own way, you know, in a, with, with full liberty. <laughs> because I also hold a certain sense of aesthetics, which I didn't get a chance to, you know, explore working for other big brands. Right. So I thought of, you know, just starting it in a very humble way, like most of the artistic minds end up doing something of their own because, you know, what keeps pushing us is uh, uh, the liberty of chasing art the way we want to. So this was the only reason I have left and, you know, started my own venture. So, yeah, it's been two and a half years, almost two years, I would say, because, you know, last year I couldn't work. Uh, so technically, it's like one and a half year of major work because last whole year I was been uh, recovering from a trauma. So sorry to hear that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Being a part of it, and also you know, uh, it was a major trauma and you know a big accident, which which is sort of a um, life changing, you know, sort of an episode in my life. Mm-hmm. And I've learned and, you know, th- that is what has made me even realize that how much I love my work and love my passion that, you know, I started chasing back and I, now I'm again back to work. So I've just started with new enthusiasm again. Uh, and um, we don't have to delve into detail if you don't want to, but uh, how, has, how has your recovery process been? Are you better now? I know you said you're back to work, but... How are you generally feeling about coming back into the fold and resuming life as normal? Mm, well, it was tough. Definitely very tough because it was just not the physical, uh, you know, trauma. It was more of the mental breakdown as well. Mm-hmm. I was sort of getting into depression. I started like self-counseling myself with chanting, with meditation, because I am a person who actually don't believe in going for Reiki classes and, you know, wellness, this and that. I believe in, you know, chasing it in a self-level. Definitely there can be mentors. But yeah, chanting my Drupad classes are the were the source of me sort of, you know, uh, counseling myself. So yeah, I was hospitalized for almost three months and then... I was home because it was a fire trauma. It was a fire mishap. So it was a lot to go through. (laughs) Like mental breakdown. My parents have equally suffered mentally because, you know, they were the only support system I had during that time. So it was Mm. a tough phase for all of us. There was a major work happening, mostly like, you know, going to doctors. Still, my treatments are going on. Like I'm, I'm going for like monthly laser revisions for my scars. So, yeah, all these things have been a part of my journey so far, but also have given me a lot of inspiration to like how beautiful life is and, and, you know, how important it is to be just alive and, you know, be capable to sort of live your life. Some people are not even, you know, privileged or lucky enough to even live or maybe just do the way they want to live their life. So... I think I'm, I'm very grateful that way that, you know, I have come over this very painful episode and sort of chasing normalcy again back in life. Uh, I'm sorry that you went through that, but <coughs> you know, for you to emerge out of that with um, sort of an appreciation for life, as you've described, not everybody is able to do that. That's very admirable. 
my pleasure but you know life must go on we just can't give up that shouldn't be the attitude these are yeah i take it in a different way maybe mm-hmm. it's more like a battle i have won with some badges on my body which my life has given me so i'm i've i've evolved like being very brave and strong i take it in that way um you were recommended to me by gitanjali gondole she's she's the one who recommended you as a guest and yeah. the, way, the way i ask people for guest recommendations is i ask them who do you admire right oh, so why oh. do you why do you think gitanjali <laughs> admires you <laughs> so i think uh, gitanjali is biased about me like you know we have been more like brothers and sisters since years and you know i call her didi and uh, it's it's been a beautiful bonding since the time you know we have met so we have met at an art exhibition mm-hmm. in bombay and then we just had a random chat you know like like uh, a stranger like you know both of them visiting an art exhibition and that's how we introduced ourselves to each other and i don't know with with passing time how this bond has become so strong and firm and you know so every time we would do some art projects we would you know discuss with each other say it her jewelry making or say it my textile weaving so we would love to you know discuss our thought process our artistic ideas with each other it gives us so much uh, satisfaction getting like views from one another and implementing those ideas in our process because what i see in gitanjali and probably gitanjali the also sees in me is the aesthetics you know the, the understanding of aesthetics the, the the sort of you know kind of closing your eyes and totally believing in somebody else's work so this is the bonding which has even brought us very close together and that is like when i talk about the work but as a person also she's she's like so perfect she's she's <laughs> sort of a you know face of perfection to me and and i i totally adore her as a person with a good heart so kind so compassionate yeah so on and so forth so <laughs> we always chat about our design journeys to each other being so far being living in different cities also have never you know sort of created any difference so far so it's been always there you know <laughs> being in touch with each other meeting once in a while whenever she visits me in my city we probably doing some pop up or exhibition we would catch up we would go dine together and whenever i go to bombay so i would definitely meet her so this has been like you know a very nice friendly uh, uh, more of a brother sister sort of a bonding so far <laughs> and i'm glad that like you know through her i got and so through the show essentially i get to talk to new people every time you are you and i are 4 degrees of separation so i interviewed my friend abhilash who recommended a designer by the name of sai who recommended gitanjali who recommended you oh, so it's 4 degrees, degrees of separation and and i'm sure someone you recommend if i get a chance to talk to them will then be 5 degrees okay. of separation but even even sure, like so far apart like we still have at least bengali culture a little bit of that connect it's a small world yes so uh, <laughs> that that brings us to the end of the introduction we are actually now going to get into more detail about your work in the second section do you want to take a break before that or you're good to continue no no i'm absolutely comfortable we can Fantastic. go ahead so uh, this is a work life balance podcast and i want to get your opinion on what work life balance looks like for you um, because you are 
not somebody with a traditional nine to five. You're somebody who's managing your own brand and then essentially working with clients. Uh, what does work-life balance mean to you? And what is your relationship with work-life? Work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to understand what it is actually mean, but you you mean like, how am I managing being an entrepreneur with my private life? That Yeah, so l- I'll help you break it down. Uh, how Approximately, how much time are you dedicating per week to your work at the moment? Well, uh, so that's a very corporate way of thinking. Like, you know, how many hours you are working, how many hours you are giving to your personal life. But trust me, me being a creative or any creative person. We are constantly uh, it's, it's turning a, something. Yeah, it's, it, is, it, is, uh, sort, it is some sort of work which is never enough, hmm. you know. Even though if we are not physically working, but there would be something which is constantly going on in our mind. So maybe there will be always a doodle diary in front of us, note making. So it keeps happening, you know, throughout. Even though we are munching, we are in a cafe, sitting, yeah, sitting, talking to our friends. But yeah, something still is going on. So it's never enough, you know, deriving inspiration from everywhere, jotting down notes, implementing. And especially when you are an entrepreneur, you have to constantly be in touch with the people you will work with. Like say, I have to constantly keep calling my weavers, my dyers, my, you know, like the suppliers of yarns. Or whoever like is associated in this very process. Mm-hmm. So also coordinating with clients, that is more important, you know, yes. like when, when you get some query, so you will have to sort of, you know, get, because I'm into revival and more of, you know, a niche products. Mm-hmm. So that way I do get called for wedding and definitely when some bride is calling me, it's a very emotional moment for her because she's going to buy her wedding sari from me. So, yeah. you know, you have to be very patient listening to them, their ideas of, you know, their wedding day. And then you further sort of, you know, kind of sell yourself or like try to convince or whatever it is, like your product, you talk about your product details and other things. So it, it's like a constant thing. So it's a concept. I cannot tell you that, you know, what is the precise number of hours or time I, I work per day. At times, it's just full holiday. At time, my brain doesn't work. So I maybe take a buffer rest of one or two days in between. Or maybe mm. whenever I'm going for some vacation. So I prefer switching off my phone for one or two days. It's it's more of a meditative mode for me, you know. Yeah. I, so that, you know, I, I heal myself so that I, I work better later. All right. When so I resume. <laughs> in that case, we'll approach work-life balance from a different angle. What mm. would you say are the three things about your work that you enjoy the most that keeps you going the three things yeah well i i think okay so i think the kind of vision i have um towards my work towards my brand is something which which keeps pushing me which keeps me going Mm -hmm. it's the idea visualizing of the products or the kind of crafts i'm i'm making or i'm about to make or you know thinking of making so these are the visuals i i adore beauty you know it's never enough if I'm more of a doer, you know, some people do think a lot of imaginative, like, you know, do have a lot of ideas in their mind. I would say every single being in this world is creative, you know, yeah. maybe somebody is creative in, uh, in artistic ways, some are good, 
in some other way maybe you know uh say gardening cooking whatever but i i count myself as a doer like whatever i imagine i would also like like to implement it you know until mm. and unless i do it uh with my hand like you know in a physical tangible way <laughs> i i get very restless and yeah i've been very restless like you know full of <laughs> energy shots <laughs> i i get like you know too dull and lazy you know when i'm when i'm like resting when i have no work i get restless so i love this is more like a uh, keep going kind of a thing for me hmm. yeah i i mean i occasionally receive the uh, question of uh whether how don't you burn out as a, like don't you get writer's block and i'm like no because i write every day i have to that's my job and if you do it if you do something every day and you're creating every day and obviously you can't be a creator like a professional creator without enjoying it um, <laughs> like i will never get writer's block because i'm enjoying what i'm doing and i'm doing it every day i imagine it's similar for you like you said you create every day there's something going on in the background of your mind every day you're planning you're you're workshopping ideas and then like you said you're doing and you're actualizing them you're creating them do you see yourself focusing more on label sort of thus uh for the next few years or are you like like okay i'll ask in this way how how has the pandemic affected your business and then um where do you see sort of like the next few years as far as working with clients working with mentors versus your original brand what was well yeah so so far you know i i know it is not good in a long run not even beneficial for our personal life like working everything on your own right like uh, me being a humble brand like you know like a startup homegrown sort of a business i just have a workshop i don't have a, a store or studio of that sort yet it's mostly like you know channelizing and uh, putting all your energy in managing the brand like uh, from all aspects say mm. designing coordinating with your you know with your people people management then sort of the business aspect of it you know selling them to the front end like to your clients so right now i am more like a one man army with mm-hmm. few interns and few carigers driving the whole process but my next vision would be for next few years expanding uh, building up a proper team uh, so that you know we do we do perform like more efficiently in a much much more better way say better products in uh, less span of time and you know just just expanding it reaching out to more number of rasikas art lovers and also sort of you know i believe in recreating a trend sort of like fashion mm-hmm. trend which was there which was min- which is which is much much more regal and authentic and you know bygone and nobody is practicing what i see most of the fashion trends we have in market are very shallow you know we talk about sustainability but still we are so obsessed with our synthetic material you know tool made of synthetic yarns or net or polyester so these are certain things which i feel are uh, sort of very double standard what the society is talking about they talk mm-hmm. about sustainability like you know re sustaining our art with uh, healthy practices but at the same time you know we are chasing mass production and everything uh, mass consum- consumption and stuff so yeah my thing was like creating something which is very india which is very connected to our soul everybody is sort of nostalgic about it 
So, you know, helping them seeing or experiencing something which is very nostalgic to them and sort of make it a trend and uh, yeah. chase it back again to the society. Doing something great for the society, I would say, and, and for the field I'm working in, you know, uh, some contribution to the tradition I'm explore, exploring. Yeah, say it, weaving, art, craft. Yeah. You, you mentioned you're a revivalist. Uh, any particular yes. style that really inspires you that you're trying to sort of bring back and make popular again? Yes, surely. Recently, I'm working on something called charkhana. Mm -hmm. This used to be a technique, charkhana, charbak, chaukara, this chaukara, this where some of the design nuances which were been practiced in Banaras earlier. Mm -hmm. So today, if we see Banarasis or, you know, the idea of Banarasi sari or Banarasi textile is it has to have some floral or curvy patterns to it. Yeah, it is mostly about, you know, decorative elements which are more curvy and floral. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Chaukara and Charkhana is something which is a design uh, language or design vocabulary which is very much linear in, in terms of its pattern and designing. Geometric. So this was geometric, more geometric. So this was something which was there earlier, but very few people have sort of made those. So, you know, we have very rare antiques or rare archives of Chanhanas, uh, which I've seen in few well-known museums. And I, I thought of, you know, sort of recreating those because these weren't introduced to a wider clan, you know, wider uh, scale of people because Banarasi as a cluster, as a textile tradition was only been accessible to the noble class earlier, right. not, you know, a commoner would wear Banarasis. It was only the nobles or the Raja Maharajas who have this access to the brocade fabrics. So I thought of now, you know, our country is sort of getting into a different generation of, you know, progress. So everybody is sort of the new money people even are sort of intro getting introduced to our textile tradition, you know, the old traditions which we have as a part of our heirloom. So, you know, making something more uh, accessible, more affordable uh, and introducing it to the commoner. That was my whole idea. Just not selling the sari at the same time, educating my people, my clientele about what they are actually wearing it. You know, uh, why are they wearing it and how different it is from the other textiles. So this yeah. is something which I'm working on, which is start. Yeah, tell me. Tell no, me no, go ahead. Go Sorry, finish, I talk finish, a lot. Finish your thought, it's fine. Sorry, I talk a lot. <laughs> I also talk a lot. And I'm probably interrupting you. And especially when somebody is asking me the kind of work I enjoy doing. So I always take interest in, you know, sort of explaining it out. So this is something, there is something called Patka, which is more of an Indo-Islamic uh, aesthetics in weaving. And Patkas used to be woven as men's, uh, menswear sashes. Like what the men's, like the Maharajas would wear around their jama or angarakhas. So these are basically like a small width textile and uh, where all were, were only being woven as a sash around their waist or a safa. So I sort of recreated the patkas. I've taken the same technique and recreated them as a sari so that it becomes more, you know, uh, acceptable and uh, I mean, more sustainable in that way because, you know, we have more of sari wearers these days and not every man wears sa sash, sash or safas anymore, only occasionally say. So, yeah. <laughs> and also I'm all recreating, reviving something called mausari, 
which mm-hmm. used to be there and it's almost a dying tradition right now nobody is sort of practicing that sari and i've seen it in museum i have some archives with me and i saw the technicality the nuances of how it was been woven earlier some kind of recreating with the master weaver from chanderi what, what makes masari unique like i i am not familiar with it well so mau is a cluster which was in the avad region 40 kilometers away from kashi which is very close to avad so earlier kashi used to be a center for brocade weavings who would only wear like you know weavers from kashi would only weave you know uh, something which is more exclusive and you know heavy duty like uh, the brocades the gold naksha like uh, for the royalties and the nobilities mau used to be a cluster only cluster in the avad region who were into weaving cotton sarees right for the commoners right. yeah and uh, this was like sort of uh, you know dying and when i have visited two years back to this village at something called mau when i visited the village i was shocked seeing that nobody was practicing weaving anymore and mm-hmm. when i asked this families randomly going to families you know interacting with them asking for you know where i can find out a good weaver of your uh, village so they all have most of them have said that you know our our fathers our forefathers used to practice it but you know from last two generations we are not doing it because we weren't able to generate enough money for our sustenance so our our kids have gone into other professions you know somebody who was a rickshaw driver somebody had a panwarika shop so you know all these things what i have seen going there so it was kind of bit shocking and you know i felt bad and at the same time i thought of reviving it like you know in a different cluster who are more willing to maybe accept it and are ready to do experimentation with me so it's exactly the same way they used to make the like what i have made recently is exactly the same way what mausari used to be get woven earlier because then i had a fragment so that i can understand the yarn count the technicality and yeah so this is what so these are the kind of you know ideas processes my research which keeps uh pushing me you know keep inspiring me to work more and create better stuff so i i appreciate you know like i am a firm believer that the indian cult, at least like our culture is still or at least the discourse around our culture is still stuck in the past to an extent like oh you know people are still talking about we used to do this 50 60 years ago and and i'm more like what are we doing now and to see people like okay. you are taking traditional art forms maybe even extinct art forms and like bringing them back and modernizing them or even just celebrating their beauty in a way that is accessible to the modern indian is i feel very important work that all contributes towards modernizing our culture in a way that it can be unique while still being you know accessible to a global audience so it's amazing that you're mm-hmm. doing this work uh, you also mentioned that the weavers in that village mau mau right mm-hmm. mau they essentially um stopped practicing because they couldn't generate money now in a work life balance sort of context money is a privilege that i like to discuss with guests and just ask about you know their relationship with money because it's it's something that unfortunately when we talk about chase your dreams or do what you want we forget the very important aspect of are you able to live your life through it what's your relationship with money like and what kind of satisfaction do you derive from being able to work with weavers and uh, other designers who you know need a little bit of help financially okay so 
totally like what you have said. You know, we have a living traditions and chasing all this, going back to, you know, chase this old art and crafts. So this is something which keeps, you know, pushing me. Like when I started, I didn't start it with a huge sum. It was just say like 22,000 or 25,000, which I had put to make my initial collection. You know, my first collection was a very small capsule collection of, say, seven or eight saris with that much of money. And I made a little bit profit out of that, which I put again. What I have believed, you know, when I started, I didn't have a backup of commerce. Like, I haven't even asked for help from anybody, neither my father, not, no, no one. I wanted to become a self-made person. And that's how I started. No loan, nothing. I've just, you know, I was just saving Money is important when you are in, in money is important. I would say in, in all ways, like if you have a noble idea, if you even want to explore something <clears throat> to create a benchmark, to create something unique for the society, then also I feel, you know, just having an idea is not enough, mm-hmm. but to execute it in many places, you would need money. Yeah. Only having money is not enough, but most important is managing the money, right. you know? So this is what, you know, I have also started learning with my experiences. Mm -hmm. And for me right now, I'm not making money, but, you know, I'm sort of enjoying the journey. Like, see, khate to sab dal bhati hai, no? Hmm. It's just like, you know, when we are sufficient in terms of sustenance, if you are happy being what you are doing. See, when we were kids, we didn't have much of necessities, I feel. I, I hail from a very small suburb. I used to be in Assam. So, you know, our necessities were very less at that time. You mm-hmm. can call, you could call me a village child. Okay, then. Because I've seen only like, you know, nascent people walking around, people with very less necessities, uh, like my schoolmates. We're also very self-sub. We used to be happy. Like materialistic need uh, or anything will definitely need a lot of money that way. But my passion was towards something else. You know, I wanted to dive into traditions and do something within, uh, like being within a part of the tradition. So yeah, making saris, convincing travels, all these things definitely need a lot of money. But I always believe that when you have a noble thought, when you have a, good idea and you know when you are passionate about what you actually want to do god will show you a way like you know it just happens you just have to keep pushing yourself work hard money becomes very secondary after a point of time it it comes it comes when you have good work to give it to the society and trust me like you won't even have to think uh, like again society will sort of encourage it and with a token of money say like you know it becomes a mode of appreciation these days. So it happens eventually, I feel. You know, I remember suddenly while talking to you, my mother used to tell me like when I was a kid, like, you know, because I come from a middle class family. So she would always say like, you know, acquire Saraswati as much as you can in terms of Vidya, you know, like where there is Saraswati, Lakshmi is bound to follow her. So this has to be there, you know. So this was something which was being told to me being a kid every time she would tell me where there is Saraswati Lakshmi will come eventually you don't have to think about her <laughs> we'll, we, we'll be back with Saurav Das in section 3 in just yes and we are back with Saurav Das in section 3 uh, where we talk about your side projects so I always use the term side project um, because different people receive it differently some people receive it as hobby mm-hmm. like what they do to get away from work 
some people receive it as um, you know a secondary source of income to supplement you mentioned that you've taken vocal lessons you've you've done dance you you're like a very much a fine arts person so i feel like you receive the word side project as hobbies would that be accurate yeah like whatever i'm doing so far like beside my designing mm-hmm. i'm not doing it for the sake of generating more money or uh, using it as a alternative profession mm-hmm. but i'm actually doing it what i'm loving and <laughs> accidentally i'm earning through that too so like you know if i'm getting invited for a concert they are willing to pay you know for me singing there right so that way it's there and uh, i've also i don't want to like mention it right away because it has to be a confidential project so far i'm working on something and i'm collaborating with a very renowned dancer classical mm-hmm. dancer of of a global platform she's not even a national she's more of an international artist so yeah i'm i'm collaborating with her in creating the voice like you know the background voice i'm supposed to be the background singer for her new choreographies so this is something which i'm working on with a renowned artist of this country and dhrupad yeah i'm learning for my inner piece you know i started learning dhrupad after this uh, mishap i have mentioned earlier yes which has sort of giving me a lot of meditative energy and you know positivity keeping me calm and poised yeah tell me more about that i i'm not familiar with drupad it seems like i've heard the name but i am very unknown okay. as, as indian no no uh, that's absolutely fine <laughs> maybe you know i mean it's not necessary to know everything you know the other person knows maybe i don't know him anything but you know so <laughs> yeah so drupad is there and uh, i'm also painting so some of my paintings also have got sold earlier so drupad is a genre of hindustani music Mm-hmm. which is very uh, vilambit vilambit in the sense it's more meditative you know dhrupad has uh, the, i won't say gamakas but it has like a keet or meedu they say meed or meedu which mm-hmm. is, which makes mm-hmm. it more meditative and you know slow in terms of a khyal gayaki compared to a khyal gayaki khyal bandesh would have a fast rhythmic you know aspect to it dhrupad is more slow and more meditative they say Drupad used to be the early version of uh, Hindustani genre. Hmm. Drupad used to be our mantras, everything like you know, all our Hayagriva, like Upvacha, whatever was written in the Vedas. You know, they were all being chanted according to the Drupad style. Hmm. And the early poets, you know, early poets say like <clears throat> even Surdas, Tulsidas, every chopai was been written, which were earlier being composed in Drupad. Khyal Gaiki is very recent, you know, during the colonial time, during the Mughal time, you know, mm-hmm. all these things have started. <clears throat> Dhrupad is more bhakti. <clears throat> It's, I mean, uh, you can definitely Google and surf the Dagarwani style of Dhrupad, which mm-hmm. is, maybe you can hear Gundecha Brothers. Mm-hmm. So, you can also hear Vasifuddin Dagar and uh, Gundecha Brothers Gundecha. singing Dhrupad. Yeah. And... Yeah. There is, a, there is a yeah there is a very popular uh, marathi drupad singer who is amazing uh, i'm forgetting his name just just a moment i'm just searching okay he's uh, he's uday bhavalkar you can also okay. hear uday bhavalkar's yeah singing so they are singing actually then you can also listen to pilwa nayak 
so they are the best pilwa nayak she's so yeah it wasn't allowed for women to sing rupadalia because only men were allowed to sing in the temples in the oh. north indian yeah uh, in north india only men were uh, allowed to sing in the temples not women it's been very recent like 20 30 years back that women have also started singing rupad because it's it it needs more of you know gama like you know uh, a deep voice Hmm. like a baritone sort of a voice and uh, so it's it's always good to you know have an idea of new traditions uh, so this was i was always passionate about drupad so there are multiple style of singing there is khyal gaiki there is drupad there is dhamar there is you know like some people are also into kirtanam which are hmm. very devotional bhajan gaiki and stuff so hindustani also hindustani say uh, karnatak it also has many classifications within hmm. it within the lineage so yes so you you explore a number of different sort of vocal traditions and singing forms and art styles i'm curious would there is there like an art style that you wouldn't explore or do you like consider yourself to be open to trying anything which art to explore i didn't understand i'm saying just because i'm just i'm trying to like figure out your kinship with art like is there an art style that you would not explore i would not explore okay <laughs> i actually haven't thought ever of you know this yeah because me being an aquarian me being an aquarian anything which kind of fascinates me i would always like to learn at least something about it you know yeah and there is a creator you create you're not in used to destructive thinking you used to creative thinking <laughs> maybe yes uh, if something you know which which kind of like pleases me like listening to even any genre of music or looking at any form of dance which i even don't know hmm. i would i would like you know surf more and more to understand the nuances of it hmm. yeah that's been there as an aiwaki anything you explored recently that is outside of hindustani classical oh i was liking jazz music a lot mm-hmm. some western classical yeah and apart from hindustani music you said right yeah so yeah this was something which I was i was really enjoying because i have a friend from german who keeps sending me beautiful like you know links which are even not there on youtube or any other popular like surfing sites we have mm-hmm. uh, he himself is a musician so you know i've started developing an interest listening to this genre of music as well So he sings soprano, and he would send me, you know, some classical jazz, very old records of jazz music. It's very pleasing to hear. See, I'm actually running out of questions because you've given some great recommendations for, you know, Gundecha Brother, Devagar, Pilvanayak for, uh, for Drupad, and I, I don't know what to ask you because I get it. Like I understand. the appreciation for art but at the same time i have this in my head like i'm producing a show how do i pull out information from you right <laughs> so i really don't know what to ask you any more about this i would say okay uh, let's let's end this section in that case with a simple question for somebody who does not make time for art in their lives right what advice would you give them as to why they should give it a try okay perfect so i always have believed that you know it's because of the artist earth is still a livable place you know it's only because of the artist like mm. earth is beautiful like you know everything is beautiful because an artist exists he makes our life you know entertaining and maybe you know gives us a hope to live again or else 
life would have been so materialistic and you know controlled like we are not animals or robots we are you know human being and we even animals do enjoy you know music and whatever artistic is there in in the nature yeah. so any form of art definitely gives you more will power i feel and i've seen this in many artists you know artists of great excellence who are like been artists for years and practicing it religiously have better will power than a commoner mm. yeah yeah in terms of many things you know i've seen it like it can be any form of art like you know just just humming or uh, reading a book is also an art you know understanding poetry is also an art interpreting mm. it in your way in a very good way storytelling is also an art so many things it it just has to be there it makes you a better graceful people i would say you know art makes you graceful yeah and, and i'll just add that art has been a part of our lives since caveman days even like you have cave paintings but also the very very old tradition of sitting around a fire and telling stories like yes making your own pottery you know making your own vessels is art yeah so if you don't have art in your life or if you uh, if you use the phrase oh i used to like i hate those words i used to draw i used to write like as a writer is the worst thing i hear i used to write if you've been listening to this conversation with our lovely guest yeah. please explore this opportunity to bring more art back into your life because Hello. this is something i read uh, which you like sorrow so earth is spelled e a r t h right uh, so somebody wrote earth mm-hmm. without art is just a eh. Ah, wonderful. Yes, so true. I mean, whoever has given it, uh, given the term earth must have thought about this. <laughs> That's I hope it so. Is I mean, in- it, there's mm. art in earth and I hope there's art in your life as well. We are continuing <laughs> our conversation with uh, Saurav Das. We are going into section four. Now, section four is about principles, Saurav. And okay. based on, I think, the conversation we've had, I want hmm. to ask you... What do you think are the three major, again, like three is a good number for these sort of questions. What are the three principles you try to live your life by? There are a lot of principles for that sake, like, you know, principles as in just be true to yourself. Say, you know, I mean, true to yourself. I mean, I have never learned of, you know, faking. I have never believed in being superficial. Mm Mm-hmm. So if it is not pleasing to somebody else, I still, you know, show, I mean, I express it that, you know, it's, it's definitely not being very straightforward and upfront. So that is what I am, you know, and uh, maybe say, yeah, I, I just don't know how to fake things, whatever it is. It can be good. It can be bad, but I, I just show it off, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what also makes me very confident with what I am. And, you know, I'm not pleasing though. I'm pleasing. I am a people pleaser, but you know, in a, in a very, uh, but also like, you know, people think it in a very subjective way, but what I'm saying is I just don't know how to fake, you know, if I'm not liking something, I will definitely share it very humbly with the yeah, person. Like politely or there's a way in a of very polite way. Yeah. Oh yes. I'll just straightforwardly tell that, you know, this is not happening with me rather than, you know, just suffocating later on, you know, in a like, <laughs> hmm. so that definitely is there and what i have recently practicing after this accident is gratefulness you know being grateful for everything and 
so i was reading about manifestation gratefulness and you know so calm being calm and quiet and you know being very organized and uh, taking every step you know in your life uh, with a, with a with certain sort of wisdom you know with mm-hmm. with, with some uh, understanding like bolte hai na like you you take every step carefully like you know soch soch ke you know doing it by thinking so this has to happen then you know many things get sorted by itself in like in the beginning itself and it doesn't create much of you know problem later on so these are certain things and and me being an entrepreneur and also when i was living in my gurukul when i was learning dance i've always learned this from my gurus that you know there is no shortcut in art hmm. so <clears throat> i ne- i have never learned of taking shortcuts in art it will take time it will take you know lot of time maybe the process to happen the way it should be the way i'm wanting it to be but be persistent and you know hard working it will happen someday so, so hon- <laughs> honesty or directness gratitude and persistence i think beautiful principles for your life maybe yes <laughs> we'll uh, end our conversation with recommendations from you uh sarodas please advertise anything you would like mm-hmm. to advertise where would you like to send the listener to after this well <laughs> i would want everybody to watch art movies everybody to listen to good music mm-hmm. to get sensitized with our cultural nuances give me mm. one movie recommendation movie recommendation there are loads give me one uh, okay so what's coming in my mind right now is memories of a geisha Memo- memoirs of a geisha memoirs of so a yeah this there are lots of movies i mean you know i keep watching but i also end up forgetting the names so i do watch like you know classical movies movies by rituparna ghosh movies by satyajit ray movies by you know uh, who is this kannada director uh, anyways maybe i can i can whatsapp and send it to you later absolutely forgetting his name so yeah like watch good work go to art exhibition go to you know um, music concerts happening around you Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh teach your kids you know how to cook how to plant trees <laughs> maybe you know doing rangoli at home during the festivals so small small things small small joy you know which can bring a lot of happiness to their own life you know making uh, maybe you know get them help them get introduced to art you know if possible let them paint send them to you know music classes dance classes if available around you and yes um cook eat your grow your own vegetables <laughs> grow your own vegetables cook your own food be healthy <laughs> so many things can happen do everything yeah do everything <laughs> yeah do everything do everything and be happy exactly and uh, i'm working on my website work. sorry go ahead huh? no i was uh, no you should tell before, before i was saying say, where like, can we find your work i think you were giving your website right yes yes yes, yes, yes. okay we are advertise yourself <laughs> well my website isn't ready yet it is still in construction it will be ready by a month time mm-hmm. but uh, you can certainly find me on instagram with my handle called label saurav das so mm-hmm. it's it's saurav yeah it's label l a b e l mm-hmm. and saurav you spell it s o u r a v 
Yeah. V for uh, vegetable. I mean, v that V. Not V-H. Vavhav. Not the B-H wala V. <laughs> so, yeah. It's linked it's below. If you'd like to go see his Instagram, it's in the description of this podcast. Please go visit and check out his work. <laughs> Thank you so much. I also have a personal Insta handle. Tell uh, me. Called Numa- no, it's called Nomadic Phoenix 91. Nomadic Phoenix 91. Mm-hmm. I was so, waiting. I was like, where is the edge? The the edginess has to come. The edginess. No, it was earlier instincts, but after the accident, I have added Phoenix instead of instincts. It was earlier nomadic instincts. Now it has become nomadic Phoenix. <laughs> Very nice. So, yeah. So this is what it is <laughs> and, so far. And that has brought us to the end of this conversation at least as far as the recording part is concerned thank you Saurav I hope this was a good experience for you thanks to you I mean it's such a pleasure to you know be a part of this conversation thank you so much for having me in your show (laughs) I've even trying to do two months and we finally got it done today oh that's that's always there I mean destiny wanted us to connect today so it's okay (laughs) yes I'll I'll follow follow after happy Sankranti to you as well yes happy sankranti to all the listeners as well (laughs) and that was the interview i hope you liked it thank you so much for listening we're going to close out this week's episode with letters to myself hello webov we're in the third week of the year which is where the motivation starts to drop precipitously. I've been battling some illness, some long-pending work, and a lot of fatigue. Yesterday, I was getting ready to go to the gym and I fell asleep somehow. I woke up four hours later, drooling over myself, unsure what had happened. And yet, I see things happening. A lot of the show, the journaling, everything I'm doing, these are all reflective in nature. I see things happening because I'm paying attention. It's so easy to stop trying because we sometimes aren't able to look past the fatigue of effort and see what has been added back into our lives. I feel very blessed that I'm able to look at myself and see what I am, not just what I'm chasing. Looking ahead constantly, Vapov.